0: And welcome to the Marvel Wrap. This is a 20-part podcast where we are going through the chronological Marvel Cinematic Universe movies in preparation for the Avengers Endgame in April. Uh, My name is Simon Collin. I'm a writer, I'm a podcaster, I'm a fan, uh, but I am supported uh, by somebody who... She knows her stuff and she's an
1: Iron Man, bit- she's an Iron Man nut. I am here to I'm- defend Tony Stark <laughs> or, 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 you know, whatever, all criticisms, that's what I'm here for today.
0: How how are you doing, Sabina? All good?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm just uh, still, I'm watching my shield and, oh. you know... All time, always, it has got It has got better, but we'll get We'll get into that more later. We will. Um, and then, obviously, we have Amon Warman, uh, the comic book man himself. He knows his comics, he knows his movies, he knows his TV, because he writes for all these crazy magazines. How are you doing, Amon?
2: I am good. I am good, excited to talk about Iron Man and his very, very cool armour, which I know that you love, Simon.
1: It is hugely cool, and yeah. Yeah, that's another... That was an argument in a previous episode, Simon, <laughs> not believing the I have to see is cool, but we all, we
0: all know it's very, very cool. Okay. Uh, we are on Twitter, at Marvel Rap. You can probably easily find pre- back episodes and stuff on the Marvel Rap uh, Twitter handle. Uh, you can email us at marvelrappodcast at gmail.com. This week is the mechanic episode. So first up will be Iron Man 3, uh, then we'll take a very brief break, and then we're going to be talking All Hail to the King One-Shot and the first seven episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D., which take place uh, effectively immediately after Iron Man 3. So we've got all that to look forward to in this week's episode. And we're up to Iron Man 3, of all a people. Uh, the Iron Man 3, Robert Downey Jr., directed by uh, Shane Black, of course, from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and the latest Predator movie. It took $1.215 billion, so it was pretty close to getting even... getting close to the amount the Avengers made, which is pretty mad, um, and was released on the 25th of April, 2013. Um, were you first in line for the tickets this time, Amon?
2: Um... Kind of. Uh, I was, uh, again, at this point, I was pressed. So um, I sort of got to see it uh, at a junket screening beforehand. I remember it very, very clearly because I was watching it with a friend. And when um, all the armors came in in the final sort of act, we all got very excited. Um, I remember watching it a couple of times and I really enjoyed it. And But, but even then, uh, it was not, to me, as satisfying as the first Iron Man movie and having sort of, you know, thought about it a lot since then and we watched it a few more times for me, there's just a couple of things that, you know, didn't quite click. Um, but sort of I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because there's a lot of things that the film does do very, very well. Um, the armor that can sort of the Mark 42 armor that can, uh, sort of separate itself and then, uh, Come to Tony, sort of in bits and pieces. I think it's a very, very cool idea, um, which fits with the themes of the movie, um, because sort of Tony's life is sort of falling apart a little bit after New York, um, after the battle, the, after after the battle in New York and the Avengers, and um, he's sort of suffering from PTSD. Um, but um, as I say, on on the whole, I did I think the film did uh, a really good job and answered the question well in terms of you know after after the avengers you you have to sort of remember people were sort of asking themselves how do you go from the avengers this giant action-packed movie with six heroes um to you know just a movie with one avenger again um and i think the film uh on the whole answered that question pretty
1: well
0: and I think, uh, I, I'm surprised actually a bit, if I'm honest, on, because Iron Man 3, for a lot of people, including myself, um, is the my, my favourite Iron Man This is mine as film. well, it's
1: my favourite one. That's so Sabina, three, yeah.
0: when, when you went in to see it, I mean, what was going on with you? Were you like, thinking this going to be amazing, or do you think, were you kind of anticipating, I mean, do you know Shane Black, for example, as a director? Yeah,
1: yeah, and I... Um... Obviously, he's, he's very well known for doing like these kind of buddy cop films. Um, cause I, I used, to, I loved Last Action Hero when I was a kid. I absolutely loved that. And, you know, he wrote Last Action Hero, um, Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2, Monster Squad. So his filmography was, is, is incredible. But I wasn't really, I wasn't, wasn't really aware of, um, Shane Black as a, as a director as such, as, as, as it being the shame black work, obviously you think of it as an Iron Man piece. Um, whenever it's whenever it's a film that you love, and there's numerous ones in the series, you're always a little bit apprehensive: are they going to live up to the previous one? Because I didn't, um, even though I enjoy Iron Man two, I didn't like it as much as Iron Man one, which is is really is a really great film. Um, this one I really love. I think it's it does something completely. It's, it feels like an Iron Man film, but it feels something like um, it doesn't feel like um, a kind of Marvel film. in like a an MCU film in, in the same at the same time. I think it's very it's very stylish. I think it's um, very sleek, um, and I think there's some fantastic um, action pieces that kind of they that don't you know are quite different when you when you put them alongside the other films so yeah i i really i really like this one i think there's some really funny bits there's some some great lines which obviously um shane black is known for like doing these kind of buddy cop films you know like when you have the the two you know friends who are like working side by side you know talking together and you kind of get that i think with tony and um and Roddy as well during during the film, it's Tony's arc, isn't it? Because obviously he's gone. You know, it's his third one of the series. This is his like concluding arc, if you if you will. Um, and yeah, I think they, I think they do a great job. And I think it's I think it's it's going to sound strange, but I think it's nice to to have um, someone who's a superhero who's confronted with flaws, because obviously normally they're they're fighting, and you don't see them that sort of stressed afterwards, not very often. And to have him like grappling with with this, you know, anxiety, um, and really becoming more and more dependent on on his suits and thinking his suits, you know, he, he can't differentiate between where where he ends and the suits begin. And I think I think what they did was very, very good. And I really like this one as well. I think I've seen it one of the, the most times one of the films I've seen one of the most times, yeah.
0: Well, it's great that it, it kicks off in 1999 with uh, Blue mm. Dabba obviously, yeah. a classic, oh, classic hit. Can, uh, a million dollar question Who was the artist I who sang 65. Blue
1: Dabba Come on oh. now. Well
0: done. well done. Well hey, yeah. done. I,
2: I, I don't.
0: Please. <laughs> I for 65. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I was thinking to myself when I was watching. I was thinking, it's not long after the events of Captain Marvel, is it? Like when no, you think about the '90s me. and all that going on, so that's cool. And then obviously Guy Pierce as Aldrich Killian. What, a, what an incredible actor! Like he's just great.
1: He's really good. And also, you get Jensen from the first film in that opening <sighs> scene. You nice. know, like, that's such a nice touch. And you don't. It's on these um, little touches that you don't you don't notice at first and then it's when you rewatch them and you're like, oh! Because there's one line and Tony's, you know, he's trying to talk to Tony and Tony said, yeah, I'll call you if I ever need mm-hmm. a cardiologist. And he said, oh, 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 maybe, you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe soon then or so maybe one day, another time. And it's just great. It's just like this great touches. And, and Rebecca Hall, who's uh, fantastic. I've got, I got oh, things to say about great. that.
2: Um, she was meant to be the lead villain of this story, um, but uh, the Marvel sort of uh, headhunter at the time, whose name escapes me um, at the moment, um, he was concerned that uh, Rebecca Hall's character would not sell toys.
1: Oh, and, what a, and what therefore a we uh,
2: <laughs> it was Killian who was made the main villain instead. Uh, so. That for me is a crying shame because I think Rebecca Hall is a fantastic actress. Now, I would have been been
1: been very intrigued to see
2: where uh, that might have led. Um, So on that front, it's a bit of a shame, but I'm a massive Rebecca Hall fan. And uh, I think Mm -hmm. uh, she's definitely shortchanged because when when you go from thinking that that was a possibility and then you sort of see sort of in the film, she is essentially, maybe Fridge is too strong a word, but she's killed off in very sort of, in a very anticlimactic way, Um, and that annoys me.
1: And you could have had her go up against Pepper at the end. That would have been awesome.
2: That would have been great.
1: I always I like this one as well because it kind of teases the possibility of Pepper becoming rescued. You're <laughs> you
2: adamant that that happened.
1: I am adamant. I wrote a piece on this online. I'm just so I'm like I'm gonna be I'll be yelling in the oh cinema if gosh. this happens because that's what I want to see, um, and it teases that and it's like she says to him what um and what am I gonna you know I know why you. Put on the suit what am i going to complain about now so i just think it would have been so great to see see these two you know women go up against each other at the end i think it would have been awesome that's what we need that could be the phase four marvel you know get get more women villains get women doing more stuff in these films it'd be, it'd be that's what we want that's what i want
0: i completely i mean when you really think about um you know rebecca hall is it maya hansen isn't it and uh yeah. aldrich killian like there is a frustrating kind of like you know, they don't, what's the point of one? You know what I mean? To Mm really like, they don't do uh, Rebecca Hall justice. So it kind of feels like a wasted kind of opportunity. But then of course, when you think about it, why not if, she could just be the, like you like you said, she was obviously originally supposed to be the villain, but that would have been far, far better. But then again, Guy Pierce, considering he has to do this role, he does a brilliant job. He's a great, he's engaging, he's fascinating. I think when we start getting him, see, seeing him all go a bit weird with his extremists and all that kind of stuff, it's a bit strange. But that opening bit when you first see him and then you see him again, it's like, and he's all like looking smart and swanky and doing all very well. I think that's a great, uh I don't know it just kind of works and I think yeah. I like him but it is a shame I'd I'd much rather have Rebecca Hall as the villain you know straight up you know he's clearly mm-hmm. when you think about it it's mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. supposed to be
2: that way yeah. now, Guy Pearce again big fan of him as an actor and I think he does a solid job but um you know and this is going I know this is I know this is contrary to many other people's opinions but the I guess we I guess we should talk about it, cuz it's, it's it's the biggest sort of thing and It's the thing I think I'm at 3 um, is best known for in terms of the, the discussion about this twist that uh, of the Mandarin, and so sort of I was a guy who um, you know went into the movie really looking forward to the Mandarin. Uh, I was a fan of uh, the character in the comics and the cartoons, and he is the Joker uh, to, uh, to to Iron Man. Um, so he's like the the, the biggest Iron Man villain um, in comics. So the twist, I like the fact that we were surprised um, because in this genre, um, you know, as much as I do love it, uh, surprises are few and far between. And this was a genuine surprise. So I have to give Kevin Feige and Marvel props for getting that by the audiences and sort of you know, getting it all the way to cinemas without having to be ruined. That was great but I didn't like the twist itself um, because, you know, not only had I been enjoying what Ben Kingsley had been doing as the villain uh, before the twist, but once the twist actually happened, it was just, for me, it was, it was a weird sort of what the hell is happening type moment, which I didn't really quite, quite click with. And in the final act, when sort of uh, Killian Guy Pierce's character tries to proclaim that he is the Mandarin, that really didn't work for me, and it, and his sort of motivations felt very very murky. So for me, the twist didn't quite work, but I do love the fact that we were surprised.
0: Well, this is it with regards to the All hail the King uh, one shot, which we can get to. I think that manages to go some way in giving a little hint of something a bit more. I think. Uh, the Mandarin we'll find out is still out there uh, in that respect. Um, but I don't, I, but I mean, I mean, I, I think it's, it's interesting if that is such a big character in the Iron Man world, it's a shame they've kind of, it, they've already used him up at what's in the last film of the trilogy. As, I, mean, uh, I, I
2: get why they sort of trying to change the character because, you know, as, as much as uh, sort of, you know, the Mandarin is a big villain in the comics and the cartoons or what have you. Um, there are very sort of, Cliched stereotypes attached to that character. So bringing that character, sort of, you know, wholesale from the comics to the screen would not have worked, and would have caused, you know, a whole bunch of other controversies, um, which Marvel was smart smart to sidestep. Um, but for me, anyway, the twist which they do end up going with doesn't quite work. Mm.
1: I always thought that it seems the first time I watched it, I thought no, it just seemed a little bit, it's like you said, it just like lacked, it did lack something even, I don't know, it just seemed too easy, you know it, it, it's like they set up Ben Kingsley after all that and then you think that would have been just, they could have played the audience then, played the audience again it might have, you know, kept on the toes a little bit more, but it it, it works, it's, it's, you know, you think oh, okay. To me it
2: speaks to another sort of issue that I have with the Film in that sometimes the the undercutting of sort of serious moments with funny stuff doesn't quite suit the film in terms of like there's one instance where it seems like Pepper has just died. This is late on in the final act, um, and Tony is summoning the Mark Forty Two, and the Mark Forty Two collapses just as. Uh, it arrives to Tony and he's quipping and he's making jokes. Now, there's a time when sort of, you know, quipping and undercutting and that sort of, in the heat of a battle makes sense. But at this point, Tony thinks that Pepper has just died. And he's looking at the guy who has caused it. I would not be quipping to this guy. I'd be like, your ass is about to die. And the, and that's a problem, not, not only in this film for me, But in many sort of uh, Marvel films, I think in phase two, it becomes an especially prevalent problem that the quipping and the undercutting, it's just, at times you just want the film to be serious. And for me, uh, there are many moments in imf V which don't work because it's just too focused on being quippy and funny.
1: I think like the bit with the suit and when it kind of, you know, just scatters his, in front of him. I think it's the sort of thing when when it's, it's going to sound really different, but, you know, like when you're just so fr- frustrated in something and then at the end you're just like, oh, goodness, you know, whatever. I know this is a different situation. I think it seems in character. But then I think that's he's lost everything and you just think, you know, you, know, you can't get any worse than this. Um, so I think it's more of that than it is. But I understand your point. Totally understand it.
2: Yeah, at some point you're gonna get pissed off, but I think
1: he's not a Hulk. He's not Bruce Banner. No, if he was Bruce no, Banner, I'm sorry. then my. You, th- you, know you just think, but... your love <laughs> has just
2: died. You're not whipping. You're like I'm about to hand yeah, this guy an yeah. ass whipping. Yeah, I feel like I'm being far too negative on this film. I do enjoy Iron Man three. Um, you know, just uh, the, the 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 battle of monkeys and so set piece that that you mentioned, I think is great. Uh, the sequences where uh, Tony has to MacGyver his way out of the situation. I think it's really, really good. Um, you, you, you get to see more of his wits in this one, that he's just not you know a guy in a suit. He's very, very, very smart. And I enjoyed seeing that side of Tony for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, sh- Shane Black, there, there are lots of Shane Blackisms which really, really work. I think the chemistry between uh, mm. Tony and Harley, the kid, is great. A lot, a lot of that is down to Shane Black's writing. You could just, you just feel Shane Black coming through the script. Um, I sh- we, we should also mention that Drew Pearce co-wrote this and did a great job as well. I,
0: I've got to say, I think uh, that possibly the best joke in the MCU ever is within Iron Man three.
2: Okay, what is
0: it? Do you know which one? I, do you know which one I'm going to say? It's the that, bit I, when, uh, when, when, uh, when Iron Man guess. is like um, kicking ass wanna, in uh, Killian's pads. I
2: said, I, 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 I want to guess. Um <laughs> so I wanna guess. Uh-huh. Um Is it the point where the henchman is like, you know, I don't even work here, sorry, and then just drops his gun? Yes.
0: <laughs> I love it. That is literally the I worst. Know. Um I
1: love that scene. I love that I love that whole scene. I love that whole thing when he's trying to, you know, he's calling the, the, the seat you know, four, three you know, and you see the, the, uh, the door of the, uh, yeah. the garage is like going, and I, I love that, and then the, the seat flies out, In oh, I love that so much, yeah. I could just watch that scene, <laughs> or, or like, honestly, oh, no, that's brilliant, and I love the bit, um, the, the, when, obviously, said the, you know, with, uh, with Harley, with the kid, and is just saying, you know, oh, I would have gone stealth, it's so, like, oh, would you, oh, yeah, actually, that's a good idea, you know, mm-hmm. I might do that, <laughs> so, yeah, you have a really good, like, the rapport between them, there's so many like good bits of bits yeah. of conversation
0: in this one. Malibu, the destruction of that Malibu pad is pretty <gasps> impressive.
2: Yeah. I, I'm gonna that call it negative again. Look, yeah. That sequence, that sequence, <laughs> <laughs> let me explain myself, <laughs> let me explain <laughs> myself. Let me explain myself. That sequence <laughs> is great, but <laughs> think about all the instances where we've seen Tony so far in the MCU. Tony is a very smart dude. So, why not only is he giving his address away on national television so that billions can come up to his pad? You can Google
0: it. You okay. can, you can, come uh, yeah, on. Okay. You can Google an address. It's, it's, not just, a,
2: big it's a dumb idea. But not only that, if you've got house party <laughs> protocol, just have all the armor surrounding the pad and anybody that comes knocking on the door. No. But possibly your way out. It's just, it feels like. You know, this film as a whole, I appreciate that this film has a lot of goals that it's trying to accomplish, and you can see what the film is trying to do in many respects, but sometimes the storytelling to get them to the, to that required place doesn't quite work, and that sequence is one of those things where I love the sequence, I, I, I love the de- I love the destination, but the process to getting there it's just a little of meh um, okay well I,
0: that, I, sense? I, that absolutely makes sense but I know for me personally as as somebody who ultimately you know as, as we've discussed uh, not not a big fan of Iron Man and Tony Stark I think the whole really? I'm shocked. The, no. <laughs> <laughs> the idea the idea that Tony has to fix himself he has to sort out his head this uh, pain of PTSD. For him, which he's helped, he's got, these, these bear in mind, ex-soldiers who have extremists and explode, literally destroying themselves, is akin to Tony who, you know, after New York, could he turn, you know, the, I think the idea that when you're weak, you'll believe in someone like the Mandarin, that those extremist soldiers kind of do that and they lose everything and how he's having to hold himself together. And I thought that Malibu pad thing, thought crossed my mind, that is this representative of his world Burying him and destroying him, and in that respect, it kind of works in a kind of thematic way. And my this is the thing why I like this film because I think it does try to make this overarching thematic point, which I like. Um, but ultimately, um, I mean, it's loaded Iron Man's, isn't it? At the end, you know, blowing up and everything, but I think there's more to it.
1: I like that line when he when obviously he says, you know, is. He, the only thing essentially is holding him together is, is like Pepper and protecting protecting Pepper. Because if he loses Pepper, he's lost everything, and he then he's got to hold track of the suits. But then. It's like he says at the end. Of, at the end, you know, that's what I do. I, I fix things, and he's essentially he has his fix the suit, he's fixed himself, and and yeah, it's just. And I think it's it it needed to happen. I think it was the only thing that that he would have self self destructed, or he had to, you know, face facts and say, okay, you know, work. You know, when they say you work from inward out, and and he does, and he like faces faces himself faces his his fear and 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 it's i think it works very well and i think it's yeah it's something that you as i previously said you don't see that much of on film
0: something something which bugged me a little bit is the fact that at the end of iron man 2 the problem was uh that there was there was an army of iron man versions fake iron man versions which sam rockwell's uh justin hammer created and so in iron man 3 what does he do Build yeah. loads of Iron Mans and just make his own army, and then he, his way
1: they, of coping. They, I like- know, I know,
0: <laughs> but they kind of they, they they sidestep they sidestep that, don't they? By at the end, him going, you know what? I'm going to just destroy them all, and it was a bit yeah. like. Come on, like it was really this big finale. That's what we're working towards, and there's a weird repetition from Iron Man 2, which means he has to destroy them all, all and because he knows the potential dangers involved. But it just there was something there I think when you watch him quite close to Iron Man 2 in particular, you kind of think, well, it could have been a bit more thoughtful about it. But then again, if the guy helming this was all into the old toys, I guess 42 different toys he could sell is probably the type of thing which he kind of signs off on
1: hmm. and really we haven't mentioned how um this film is really a christmas film isn't it because it is like a I i read a great um essay um on bright Wall, dark room how it's essentially a christmas carol because tony's confronting the ghosts of his past his present and his future and it and it is to some extent i think that was a great way of looking at the film
0: did you notice the uh Corey hawkins cameo dr dre just turning up from straight out of compton
2: when what what moment is this he was like a military guy i need to be watching trying dre again he's in it, in it like for a split second, second and i was like whoa no, it it is is. This. Yeah.
0: 24 legacy and then that reminds me talk about 24 chase edmonds from 24 is in this of course
2: Yes, he is, James Badger. I have just, two other things I want to say. And again, I'm going to preface this by saying that I do like Iron Man 3, but I think it's important to note that I do have a few quibbles when it comes to this movie. Um, One, another, another couple that I have, in sort of every Iron Man appearance that we've seen, we've seen the armor go from strength to strength to strength to the point where in Avengers, you can go toe to toe with Thor, God of Thunder. In Iron Man 3, the Ironman armors come off so weak and pathetic, and it bugs me.
1: It's because they're all, you know, prototypes. They're all not fully rendered and, and things like that. They're all being tinkered with. Yeah, Definitely. they keep. They do
0: make a big point, don't they, about the yeah. one he's in for most of the film yeah, is being a prototype. prototype.
1: The yeah. armor that he's in for sure, but even
2: when the armors at the end come, they're taken apart really easily, and that 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 bugged me. Um And in the final act, when the armors are going up against the extremist soldiers, the fact that Tony is setting his armors to sort of, you know, kill all the extremist soldiers with extreme prejudice comes off as a bit off to me because early on in the film, he tells the mother of one of the extremist victims that her son was not a suicide bomber, he was just a victim. Then in the actual climax, he tells. In, the, in, the, in, the, in at the end of the film, he's telling his armors to kill all of these people. Um, even though um, I'm not sure if it's at that point in the film, but at, at some point in the film, maybe it's after that. He has the ability. He shows the ability to get rid of extremists for good. So that comes off as a bit off to me. Yeah,
0: well. I mean, I've you know, I think they're fair criticisms. I don't really think you're wrong i just think i think there's a tone to this and a kind of like for me it just feels a bit more deeper than yeah, the other it, one that's just rich, my point my th-
2: I, th- I think i think the goals is trying to accomplish trying to accomplish are definitely um ambitious and to use your word deep um but again the storytelling decisions that it takes to get there sometimes don't quite work um so, yeah, but, as you know, I feel like I need to keep on saying this. I did enjoy Iron Man Three people, um, but yeah, it is not my as as we will discuss when we get to my ranking, it is not my favorite Iron Man film, which I know is it gets the grain for many many people, but I know. I don't. I don't come. I. I don't. I don't. I don't go with the crowd. I just tell the truth. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> well, we can get into uh, now. I think we can talk about the uh, costumes here because we've got a British costume designer, uh, Louise Frogley, who did who worked on fantasian and Flight.
1: She had, um, She worked on Mona Lisa, Chariots of Fire. Um, yeah, and then subsequently after, this was her first Marvel film. Um, she also worked on um, Spider Man Homecoming and Ant-Man and the Wasp m- most recently. Um, and what I like about this one is that, um, kind of, as Tony is always been very suited, you know, even Pepper at the beginning of the film shows suit, he's got on this beautiful um, white suit. And as Tony's kind of, you know, obviously he ends up in um, Tennessee and he kind of, Picks apart himself. His his clothes become more and more sort of casual. And when he calls himself, like you know, he just says, "I'm I'm the mechanic," and he is very, very um, like casually attired. And I think it it works very well because you wouldn't have, you couldn't have him like really suity for this film because he isn't in his head. um, He isn't the same person as he was at the the beginning of these films. And so, is you know, you can see he's ready to. To muck in he's ready to to just like work on on the on the suits work on himself and I think is I think they've done a good job of the clothing reflecting that so that's my that's my uh thoughts on that but also uh also um Louise Frogney she also um she is um um, been nominated a couple of times for the Costume Designers Guild Award for Excellence in Costume Design. So I think it's like she, her um, range, it just shows that um, her range of work to go for something like Mona Lisa, to go th- to this, and then uh, and then in Amman and the Wasp. And I think in, in there was a similar thing in Amman and the Wasp that you see with um, um, Hope Pinn's costumes. You know, you start off very smart and as they've got further and further into the character, they get slightly more um, casual, which which I think is a nice technique.
0: And I think there's a certain... uh, It must be nice to work on an Iron Man film for costume because, you know, you do get... You know, there's a certain... Class and it, they're fashionable, aren't they? They're trendy. These are the clothes they wear are slick, and granted, we have this part of it where Tony's outside of all that, but it's nice. I mean, when you think about uh Guy Pierce's costumes, obviously, he's looking, yeah, he, has, smart. he
1: looks very Miami vibes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, you have this like beautiful contrast, and and the bit in the uh, with the in the um. When it's Christmas Day, is it the Miguel Ferrer scene? Is he coming to see the president or the vice president? Vice
2: president.
1: Vice president. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, you mm-hmm. have this contrast between the senators, all suited and booted, and then you have Tony and and Rodi and and even Pepper, because Pepper's outfit get getting more and more deconstructed as as we go along. Um, so yeah, you have this this great sort of con- compare contrast between between worlds not worlds but you know kind of what's happening at the, at the situation at any given time then
0: we get onto the score and we've got brian tyler's first score for the marvel films and he does a bunch more after this um does one this part. is
2: oh no two Pardon? more,
0: two more this. yeah so <laughs> two more yeah three well, maybe not a bunch then would that be a bunch no probably not uh,
2: <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> brian tyler then uh, amon is, is this this is, is this right up there I wonder yes. where you how, how you'd rank
2: these, you know. You know, I tried you know a few it was a long time ago, and it was the hardest thing. I think I gave up. Um, I will I will try again, sort of before and game, to really sort of try and knuckle down. And but uh, you know, ranking you think ranking films is tough. Ranking film scores is just impossible. Um, but when I finally get down to ranking film scores, this will be high up there. The my entire Iron Man three score is superb uh, in many respects. It is the MCU's no? It's 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 got one of the MCU's most hummable themes, and I think this the theme and the film as a whole benefits from the fact that that theme is given so much prevalence uh, throughout the film to sort of reoccur and to build and to develop more prevalence than than themes are typically given in other Marvel films. Um, and, you know, just going through the tracks in the school, the ones that really stick out to me, uh, Isolation, um, New Beginnings, is especially a brilliant, brilliant track. Uh, but, and this is a, you know, a big statement, but I do think um, it is true. Uh, Can You Dig It, which is that the the the, the 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 end credits uh, music uh, for Iron Man 3 in my opinion, is the best track uh, in any MCU film. Um,
0: wow! Yeah, wow. yeah, it is, it is awesome. phenomenal. I it I have been awesome. listening to it
2: um, before we started filming this uh, today, and it's just phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. It's a uh, the it's a really jazzy rendition of the Iron Man three theme, which we've heard early on, on the on, early on in the film, and it's just fun um and really enjoyable to listen to. Um and very creative as well. And it's in, in 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 the film itself it's paired with um sort of imagery from uh all the Iron Man uh films, which I think works really, really well too. So yeah, can you dig it is the highlight of a very, very strong score.
0: Well, the one to hunt down, isn't it? okay uh any final thoughts on iron man 3 before we move into the extra bits
1: i love it i just love this one i really really do i think it's great i i really enjoy it um a perfect arc to to uh tony's sort of story
0: i think i just think it is a step yeah. above the other two in quite a significant right. way that's just me but
1: well, long. Long.
0: And on your.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I I enjoy <laughs> Iron Man three. There, there are many things I, I do like about it. I was rewatching bits and pieces of it um sort of earlier today, um and yeah, the the pieces are fun. I still enjoy Tony as a character, um and I need that armor in my house immediately. Um, but yeah, uh, there's just uh, the the quibbles. Add up uh, on multiple viewings
1: for me. I I I just also love that really funny bit when his when Pepper walks into his house and and he's he's meant to be sitting on the sofa oh, yeah, yeah. and it's not that always makes me laugh so so much. Um, yeah, I just think it's it's just funny.
0: Okay, um, we'll wrap it up there, and we're going to be talking about the one shot, all hell the king, and Shield after this. Right, and uh, one thing uh, that is always fun to see is a one-shot, and um, for Iron Man three, there is one called "All Hail the King," and this features Ben Kingsley in his Mandarin role, or what is it what's his name? Uh, S- Lattery.
2: Trevor
1: Slattery.
0: Trevor um, Slattery, and even we see Justin Hammer turn up in the prison too. Um, I mean. This is we were talking about it on the Iron Man three discussion, and we're saying about Mandarin. And what's kind of groundbreaking about this is that it ends with Trevor Slattery being, you know, taken out of the prison and broken free, and being taken by the actual Mandarin. So he's still out there, Amon. You know, he's still there.
2: Yes, um, Mm -hmm. I I enjoyed uh, that development, and I can definitely see uh, Marvel picking up uh, that thread at some point uh, in their future. Um, but yeah, now this one shot is fun. Very, very fun. It's cool to see Ben Kingsley uh, sort of really enjoying himself in the role again. It was super cool to see Sam Rockwell. Uh, I oh, well, they are
1: going to bring him back in phase four in some in some capacity. I just want to see more of Justin Hammer.
2: I love him. I'm a little <laughs> bit annoyed we didn't have him dance uh, in this one shot somehow. You, you, you just you don't you don't have Sam Rockwell in the thing and don't have him dance. That should be a I, I,
1: really, I haven't even seen Vice yet, but I want him to, to win the Oscar for, for Best Supporting Actor Oscar because I want him to get up on stage and dance, and that's <laughs> the only reason. I, I haven't even seen the film, I don't know. But, yeah, I just want him to dance all the time. I feel that it's, it's a disservice to not have him do that
0: this type of one shot though is is what i live for i mean i mean like the two minute kind of th- disposable ones or item 47 i can take it or leave it but this is just like yeah you get ben kingsley enjoying the mandarin thing a real plot progression with how the mandarin thing is resolved mm-hmm. and then equally seeing an old character and seeing how he's doing in prison you know to, to to a fun effect. I mean, I really I enjoy it and I, I just like this is my favourite of the one shot. It's the last one shot as well. Um uh, yeah. but it's my favourite one of them all.
1: Do you know the um originally Sam Rockwell um he wanted to do it, but he couldn't do it because um he was in production for the remake of Poltergeist at the time. Um but then he read the script and he just wanted and he was he called Guy Pearce saying that he was he really wanted to be involved if this if the scene his scene could be shot in Toronto because he was filming in Toronto at the time. So it's um, clear that
0: it's separate. It's clear yeah. that it's a separate scene where he's in.
1: So um, I'm sorry. Um, so um, the um, I said Guy Pierce. I mean Drew Pierce. Sorry. So um, Pierce went to he went to Canada. Because, obviously, if he wanted to do it, and he said in an hour, he just nailed it, completely nailed it. And you wouldn't expect any less, really, would you? But, um, and it's great that he was able to get involved because, you know, he's, he's always good. He always adds something to, to whatever part he plays.
0: Well, that's, that, that's what I think we, we all will cover with regards to the All Hail the King one-shot. Um, now we're yeah. going to get into S.H.I.E.L.D. as the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series kicks off. Uh, this is one of the series which are, is running concurrently to the MCU um, with F- Agent Phil Coulson, Clark Gregg, back from the dead, um, and a whole new team of young, good-looking people uh, to to... to yeah, it's kind of like I don't know. It's kind of like X Files with them doing little missions and then kind of not really with the kind of Marvel thing. Um, I, would you would you mark yourself as a fan, Amon?
2: I am a fan. I am a fan of Shield. Um, the earliest sort of episodes, you can tell that it's still finding its feet a little bit. I wouldn't call sort of any episodes sort of awful, but yeah, it takes a while to really um, get interesting and get to be exciting uh, week-to-week TV. Um, And I do think uh, part of that is because of what's happening in the MCU at the time. Um, As I said to you off mic in the past, and as we will discuss as we get to future episodes, the part where it really starts to get really good uh, coincides with what happens in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Um, without a doubt, without a doubt. So and and uh, yeah. it takes a while to, uh, to to get to that stage, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I mean, even though sort of you know you could tell it's still finding its feet, the, the characters that we get introduced to, in addition to Coulson, um some of them are, are really really good. Uh, the, Ming Ming Na Wen's uh, agent um, is one of the highlights of the show, and she sort of as the series progresses, she but she gets even better. Um, but I, you know, I've, I know, I know I liked her from the beginning um, and Fitz and Simmons, um, they get, you know, really, really good. Um, so sort of as the series progresses, I, I did find them a little bit awkward to start off with and they didn't quite click. Um, but uh, as, as the series progresses, uh, those, those characters become really, really great too. Uh, so yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm not sure if you can skip the opening episodes of Shield and just skip right to the good stuff. Um, well,
0: I, th- in all honesty, when I watched it, the first I will try to watch it on a week by week basis, and I bailed after the seventh episode. So rewatching the first seven episodes, and uh, you know, first first things first, you are right; it does get better. But at this stage, between I mean, the these first seven episodes, uh, you know, have some kind of really weird issues which I which never sat nicely with me there's a, it seems to be a very anti-liberal kind of stance on them you've got a bit where who is it they say to sky who's it fit says no need to get started on one of your socialist riffs because <laughs> who'd be a socialist what a ridiculous notion and then there's another bit where uh, the the qu- the Quinn guy is like the villain and he's like oh more freedom of information less government infringing on everybody's rights we think alike he's like the bad guy this is the bad guy you know <laughs> um so when I'm watching it and, and bear in mind you know th- this team is you know primarily white I think you have Ming-Na Wen, of course and you have uh Sky as well but generally speaking you're you know it's just a bit I don't know. I felt it always feels a bit weird those first seven episodes. They, I guess, I get what they're doing, but I was, I was really like, I felt like personally, they, they're, they're telling me I'm, a am a problem, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I kind of I was, like, you know, <laughs> that's why I bailed. Um, b- but I do like the connections. Yeah. I mean, I can't lie. I mean, I like the fact the the extremist stuff from Iron Man three continues.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that in the first episode, you have that. You have like, you know. Um... You know, Mike Peterson. You know, extre- you know with the oh. with the projects in Centipede <laughs> and Serum, um, and I think it was it was a good way to it was clever the way they they introduced uh, Level Seven of Shield um, because obviously um, Phil Coulson has a Level Seven clearance that no one really knows about. They all, all the agents think, oh yeah, the highest you can go is level six. Well, there is not. There's another extra level, and and they kind of, um, they 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 bring it. They they bring him back in a smart way, but then it feels a bit manipulative (laughs) (laughs) at the same time because it's like, oh yeah, you faked his death to bring the Avengers together. Okay, fine, but um, but yeah, it's and as I I've said in a previous episode, it's quite nice to have. Him as the kind of Nick Fury role in this, um, because until then he was he he was more like a Captain America fanboy in in Avengers Assemble, um, so it's good to see him do something a bit more meaty. And and Clark Gregg, Gregg is great, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in Captain Marvel soon.
0: And I think as well with the S.H.I.E.L.D. series, I think these first seven episodes in particular are very like each episode is another person they have to see and they weave it all together much better later on. But when you're watching it, I mean, I know I was thinking, are we just going to have these different things again and again and again and you know what I mean and thankfully we don't but at the start I was like oh my gosh but it is nice you get to see Nick Fury you see Kobe Smulders you know you see a few characters we know from before and (laughs) then in one of the I think the sixth episode maybe the fifth episode Ruth Negger turns up as a, as like a villain and i can say you know oscar winning oscar nominated actress in loving and she goes on uh to do much many more episodes later on so that was always a nice surprise so th- there's there's this i don't know i get why i i do understand why i still didn't like it after those seven episodes but um yeah. watching more you know it does get better
1: I think if it, I think we've, we've been finding that a lot when we re-watch things, um, instead of watching them isolated, when you've watched them um, together and overlapping with the films. And you do you see the you, you, you do enjoy them or they all start to gel. A lot more than they did individually, or if you hadn't seen, you know, like Iron Man three for for a year or two, um, yeah. And they, they they work. And I think any any show, especially when it's new, it can take a good app, ep- good sort of series even to find its feet sometimes. So um, I think it's just it just shows how you know it's gone from strength to strength. If they're going to be doing, um, you know, a new series has been announced. So so there you go. I'm, I am
0: hesitant to be too positive at this stage i mean i like because even like who's at ward i just he's like an action man like he's literally like you know and and i and it grates with me and even now and i'm a little bit later on sky is just like she's cast as this um kind of sulky teenager for a lot of it i feel and she's just like oh i'm doing this and she's like acting up and she's like obviously a character in her 20s or something but she's like playing this kind of oh you know sometimes the way she speaks to people is just like you know I uh, just don't really I feel like it's this they've got found this formula for what a TV show sh- TV show should do and they've kind of just done it and it's it, it's just yeah and it's problematic when you watch these for seven episodes you know um mm-hmm. yeah I mean uh, yeah Fitzsimmons yo because it sounds like Fitzsimmons mm-hmm. but it's one person but it's two people you know, i'm done you know i'm done <laughs> but, um, but i don't want to be too negative because i i'm looking forward to talking about more about it and i like i definitely love the way chronologically you can watch it in these chunks and see it weave mm. between the films and be impacted by the films these things are very cool okay that is shield we're going to be ranking iron man three after this break <laughs> So in the last episode, we all put the Avengers assemble right at the top of our ranking of the MCU. I have a feeling that Iron Man 3 is going to be a little bit more uh, different for people, um, especially as Amon clearly hates the film.
2: Oh, gosh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Sabina, what about you first? Where are you putting Iron Man three?
1: I don't know. I would have. I don't know. Can Should I like I put it on again? <laughs> yeah,
2: it's becoming a know. theme. Know. Um, I don't
1: know. I really don't. But I, I'm on. You go first. While I'm, I'm really thinking about this. It's really tough. Okay,
2: <laughs> okay, so for Avengers, we went from bottom to the top. For this one, gonna go from top to bottom. Uh, oh my! So number one, Avengers Assemble. Number two, Iron Man 1. Number three, Thor. Number four, Captain America The First Avenger.
0: No, no. Number
2: five, (laughs) Iron Man 3. Number six, Iron Man 2. Number seven, The Incredible Hulk.
0: Okay. Well, I know for me it's uh, somewhat easy I think where to put it I think you can clearly draw a line to things which I ultimately think are good films and films which are not so good well I I can see the line but it goes Avengers Assemble Thor and then Iron Man 3 in third place and everything else below that that's my three three
1: okay I'm gonna okay I'm I'm gonna put it as number two I'm gonna put it oh. below, below Avengers Assemble because I do. It's my favorite Iron Man one, and I was tempted to put it at the top, but I just had a lot of fun rewatching Avengers Assemble um, the last time um, I did, and so you know, I think I'm gonna do that just for the the fun aspect, for the joviality of it. There you go, just for the fact the the sheer thrill of seeing everyone on screen together for the first time. I think. Yeah, you can't.
0: You tough. can't. You, mm. It it it's um it's a little while, I think, before that Avengers is topped for me. But I don't. I can't remember. I'm, I'm ah. honestly not sure. Yeah, Here we it's, go.
1: going to, it's going to change in a couple of weeks.
0: Okay. Yeah. In any That's case. Spoiler.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, spoiler. <Yes. laughs> Two weeks oh. time. <laughs> there you go. I'll tell you now. So there you go. Uh-huh. Might as well put it on. <laughs>
0: Okay. So, uh, that is our Iron Man three episode, uh, uh the, or the mechanic episode, uh, as we like to call it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Screen Insight, um, and at Marvel Rap. Uh, where can people find yourself, uh, Sabina?
1: I'm on Twitter at Sabina Stent. And sometimes I'm also mucking around with the Marvel Rap and <laughs> Twitter accounts. So then um, so it's either meal Simon. If it if it's like ribbon Simon about stuff, then that's obviously me.
0: And that's me just <laughs> self-flagellating myself.
2: <laughs> there you go.
0: Uh, I'm on whereabout but whereabouts are you?
2: I'm on Twitter at War Machine Works. No, that's not true. Um, I'm on Twitter <laughs> at a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Twitter at a woman. Uh, you can let me know all your incorrect Iron Man 3 takes there and I will refute them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Easy, easy. Okay. Uh, So we've got our our next episode coming up. Um, It'll be Thor The Dark World and more S.H.I.E.L.D. So we'll see you then.
2: Calculus. This universe is finite. Its resources finite. If life is left unchecked, life will cease to exist.
0: And uh, we're back again with a sneaky little endgame bit of uh, discussion. This one does involve uh, the big man, Tony Stark himself. Um, our own uh, Pepper Potts here. Sabina is going to tell us. Can you tell us, Sabina, what is your endgame? Talking point.
1: It is that basically my little th- my well, it's not even a little theory, it's me shouting a lot about it on Twitter that Pepper Potts is gonna rescue Tony Stark has been um immortalized by um a Lego little fan film and that there's a lovely little film online. I think we tweet we I tweeted about it and we retweeted it out from my account. Um that little Lego Pepper is suits up flies into space and saves tony and it's the sweetest little three minute film that i've seen and i just i just can't i just hope that that actually happens and it's and it's everyone's speculation about it because there was the whole thing with aldi have um inadvertently leaked that tony will get off the ship and he will get out of space um and it's what? Always what exactly?
2: Can you explain what the Audi commercial actually showed?
1: It was. I don't know if it was. Show, I haven't watched it. Oh. But okay. mm-hmm. I heard. I haven't watched it because I. I didn't know how much it would reveal. But then I don't know. I just heard that. I don't know if it's been on. If I don't know if it was online, or they. They promoted something, and I don't know if it showed. I don't know if it it was something to do with sponsoring or I don't know if it was something to do with Tony Stark or something or Rocket driving something and it was just people connected certain dots together and made it appear that Rocket is driving Tony or Tony is driving this Audi or something because Audi have appeared in previous films.
0: Not, not as spaceships
1: no but on cars so
0: but then but then uh, so it's, I like don't saying, that... it's
1: like saying that Tony drives an Audi and they were yeah, like but... oh well he has to get out of space to drive this car I could be misproven or have to like find the little I don't
0: think I don't think that's a guarantee that rocket raccoon is the guy who saves him
1: I, I think th- I mean that maybe might so... be a,
0: I remember yeah but that might yeah. be a funny funny advert but i don't think it is indisputable proof that okay. robert, robert rocket raccoon is the one who saves him and therefore pepper pots suited up in some iron man armor could be flying around space as we speak uh yeah. looking for tony stark we just we just don't know
1: yeah it's something to do with um yeah it's um audi's vr game at CS and Yeah, there's a car, basically, an Audi car called Rockets Rescue Run. Oh. And it's got on it Marvel, Rockets Rescue Run. So I think that's a big enough clue. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. yeah, So it's like Rockets going to drive to the rescue. Um, We shall see. Well, it says because of Tony Stark's, you know, always, he's always got an Aldi. Um, so I think it's just, it could just be a brilliant, um something to throw us off send. It could just be a brilliant trick. If not, it's the most expensive elaborate marketing ploy. Uh, One of the most effective ones. But... Who knows? I mean, there are so many. There are so many. You know, everyone's juggling all these balls at the minute, and there's so many up in the air, and things are going to land, and things are going to be caught. Cool, and who? Who knows? I mean, it's all to play for at this point. Speculation is: this film's going to be five hours long. This film's going to be like eight hours long. Um, there's so much that people want to see, and I think any kind of leak, any kind of detail, any kind of thing can miss can be misconstrued as spoilers but certain spoilers such as this one could they have a sense of gravity to them so we can we'll just we'll just have to see it's only three months away we'll know in three months and so not long it's not long at all and you know we're going to find out then, and then we can look back at this and say, "Yeah, we were just idiots for believing all this stuff in the first place." They completely threw us down the wrong, the wrong road. Um, who knows? On
0: that note, from Sabina, that we may all be idiots, <laughs> uh, and we spent twenty episodes. <laughs> uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll speak soon. The next episode is Thor: The Dark World. We've deemed it the London episode.